You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Natalie. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard. It's great to be with you all this morning on this Labor Day weekend. Um, I want to give a quick welcome to everyone on the live stream. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our service as well and just engage with us in that way. It's really sweet to have you with us. Well, for the last few weeks, like Jeff said, we are in a series called Anxious for Nothing, where as a church, we've been leading the conversation about how to experience peace in the midst of anxiety. So this series is a lot about being proactive and creating habits of health and offering biblical promises to how to deal with anxiety. We need to know this. In the last few weeks, Jeff's been talking a lot about how we need to pause, pray, and praise. And how the Bi- in the Bible, there are these three things that God invites us to consider when dealing with our worrying and our stresses, our anxieties, and those three things pausing, praying, and praising will continue to help us this morning as we explore a new topic that makes probably a ton of us anxious. Are you excited? The topic is money. Anyone? Anyone feel it? We're talking about money in church. Okay, this is going to be a great morning together. I mean, many of us are currently experiencing anxiety about money. We've been anxious about money, and if we live long enough we'll eventually get anxious about money again. So we're going to talk about it. Talking and praying and, of course, hearing what Jesus said about money is so incredibly important when it comes to anxiety and money and how that goes hand in hand. And and everyone does it differently. When Jeff and I, when we do premarital counseling with couples, we always talk about money because it's this point of tension and anxiety in the family system. And many of us, we deal with money in different ways because of how we grew up. We just do it differently. We deal with it differently, and we get anxious about different things. So let me just give you a little bit of a window into our home for just a moment. In my anxiety, I have a really hard time spending money on myself. I'm pretty much on anything, really, but especially myself. In my anxiety, I either never spend money on myself or I stress out about spending even the smallest amount of dollars on myself. So here's a quick quick example. A while back, I went to Target because I I needed to get a new pair of sandals. The ones that were on my feet were falling apart. I usually wait till the last minute, which might be, you know, like maybe it's like wisdom and I'm like, you know, stewarding my money well. But at the same time, like I get so anxious about spending, even when I'm planning on it. So like I'm going to Target, I'm going to buy new sandals. There have been many times where I walk in the store and I like sift through all the sales sections and I go to the next store and I like sift through all those. And then I come home and I have nothing in my hands. And I just do that over and over again. Well, this time I actually made the purchase. I bought sandals. They were like $5, okay? Because I found a sale and afterward I was stressing out about that purchase. I was like, should I have done that? Should I, is that right? Is this okay? I was planning to buy them when I went there. Natalie, buy the sandals, right? Like just buy the sandals. In my anxiety, I I also have been really slow to make any type of appointments. 
like the dentist, the doctor, eye doctor, and so on, because they all cost money, right? I'm finally at a place, okay, I just need to say this, I'm finally at a place where I make them and I have routine appointments on the calendar because it is very healthy and important for me to do that, but it took me a really long time to get to that. And I'm not trying to get you to solve all of my anxiety. <laughs> You're probably thinking, well, if you do this and do that, I just want to be really honest about my issues. So these are some of my issues, some of my own personal ones. But since he's not on stage right now, let's talk about Jeff's issues. <laughs> he's right there. He's got some. I mean, we all do, okay? And Jeff's anxiety, he has this like case of checking the bank account over and over and over and over and over again, all in one day. It's as if he thinks, like, if I check my bank account over enough and enough times and I memorize all the stuff and I, like, solve all the problems, then all the anxiety will go away and all the problems will be solved, right? Now, he did, we did talk about this. He said I could share this with you, okay? We planned this. Um, but when Jeff is anxious about money, savings, or a big purchase coming up or anything, that's just what he does. He will literally look at the bank account 10 times in a day. He's solving problems that don't even need to exist, right? Like, if we do this, then this will happen. But if that happens, then we'll do this, and so on. And both of us, we both display anxiety around money. And, but you know what it really is? This is what it actually is. It's actually a lack of faith, right? And it just manifests in different ways. It just does. This was on full display at our house, like, just a few weeks ago because our car was breaking down, okay? Truthfully, like, it was breaking down for a really long time, but we just were, like, I was ignoring it, and Jeff was overthinking it, but we finally decided to, we, we needed to do, to do this for safety, <laughs> And I'm so glad Jeff used to be in sales because he, he, I think he kind of enjoyed the negotiation part back and forth and doing that. Like, he loves that, gets excited about that. I definitely don't. I'm like, oh, that's the price? Yeah, I'll pay that. Like, I'll do whatever you say. Like, no, I'm there to buy the car. Like, it's my decision. <laughs> well, I mostly didn't think about it when it was time to buy the car because it was out of sight, out of mind. And then, you know, I don't get anxious about it because I'm not thinking about it. And Jeff's, like, overthinking it. We all have different ways of doing things. But it's not like it was a hard purchase for us. We were planning on this. We saw it coming. And we bought this pretty basic Toyota Camry. It's going to run great. It's going to last a long time. It's probably a good and wise purchase. But because it dealt with money... And because cars tend to cost a lot of money, we both got reacquainted, right, with our anxiety around money this last month. Now, I share this to help you think about where money might bring you anxiety. Not just so you'll try to ease our family issues, right? We all have issues, okay? Just use ours as an illustration to maybe uncover your own. <laughs> But, but honestly, it's, it's just important for us to become aware of where money makes us anxious because only through awareness can we actually then take action and invite Jesus into that process with us. We need to pause, pray, and praise. 
There's this great passage for us this morning that will serve us really well. It comes from Jesus. He's teaching in Luke 12. I'm going to read the whole section. It's a total of about 12 verses in all. So it'll take a minute, but, but hang with me because it's all so helpful. Luke 12, 22 to 34. Then, turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any bird's. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. It's a beautiful text. Uh, let me just offer a little bit of context for you this morning because context is always key when understanding the scriptures. So our passage today, it starts with a very simple but really interesting word, and that's the word then. Anytime you see the word, in, the word then in scripture, you know something happened before it. This matters for how we read scripture as well as how it impacts us and how we understand what we are reading. So the then in this passage points to a really powerful, really straightforward, and it's maybe even a little bit of an intimidating teaching by Jesus happening in the verse just before this passage. Jesus, he warned his listeners and he warned his disciples by telling a story to make this emphatic point to anyone who could hear it. It happens in Luke 12, 13 to 21. You can, you can read this in your own time, but I do want to highlight a few of the, the bold pieces that Jesus is sharing right before our text. So immediately before our text for today, Jesus warns everyone listening by telling them that they are foolish if they trust in riches. He said, don't trust in money. It was a strong word then, and I think it's an even more of a strong word now because we live in a land of abundance. Like, our world is full of abundance. In verse 15, Jesus said this powerful statement. He said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Jesus is saying life is not measured by stuff. That's not how we find value in the kingdom of God. 
Then the, the big one in verse 21, Jesus says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. The next verse is our starting verse today. It says, then, turning to his disciples, Jesus taught them about money and possessions. So this, this is how it worked. Jesus taught anyone listening that they were foolish to trust in earthly wealth. And then he turned to his disciples with our text for today. And that's where we're at. So I don't know how, how you hear this. We're all at different level, levels of comfortability when it comes to talking about money. But Jesus, he talked about money a lot. He talked about it all the time. Clearly, he knew that we needed to talk about it because there are very few things in life that make us more anxious than money. We are concerned. We are preoccupied. We are worried. We are stressed about money in almost every stage of life. There's college. Uh, there's maybe you're a young adult that's looking for your first job. Maybe you just got married. Uh, you're married with kids. You are an empty nester. You're tired and you're on a fixed income. As you age, you just, you're just going to encounter different anxieties around money. And eventually, you're going to start wondering if you'll have enough to retire or live on for the last few decades of your life. Clearly, we need to talk about money. I said it again, the word money. It's gonna, you're going to hear it all morning. Let's kind of work our way through this passage together. I'll summarize it a little bit, um, but this is so important for us to get today. You'll remember, Jesus, he starts by telling you not to worry, or another word would be uh, preoccupied or anxious about your everyday life. Life is so much more than food, drink, or what you wear, what you do. God cares about the birds in the sky and the flowers in the field, and he cares about you so much more than those. Jesus, he uses these beautiful illustrations of God's heart towards all of creation but ultimately, he digs deeper into God's heart for you. And then after using these illustrations to draw in the crowd, Jesus turns the page, and he gets, he gets really honest. He applies this illustration to, to their lives. And I, and I would say Jesus gets very direct as he starts teaching by giving commands and imperatives. These are declarative statements that are designed to create action and a response in our daily life today. So Jesus is so clear in this passage. He directs the people away from money and then towards the kingdom. Jesus directs you away from worry, fear, and a lack of faith. He said, don't worry about what you wear. Don't worry what you eat, what you drink. Don't fix your mind on these everyday things. If you focus on the stuff down here, you'll only worry about the stuff down here. If you focus on the stuff down here, you'll only worry about the stuff down here. He even said in verse 28, why do you have so little faith? This is a convicting question because it ties our worry, our earthly treasures, money, what we spend it on, like what fills our pantry, our clothing, like everything. It ties concerns and worry about the kinds of stuff that we have to a lack of faith. And that is not very fun to admit, but it is right there in the text. That is a hard thing. But it is so important. And, and Jesus is so kind in this, right? In the midst of it, he doesn't just tell us to do something. He always points our hearts in the right direction. He's not just like, don't worry, don't fear, don't lack faith. 
Phew, he gives us the next step. This is good. We also read that Jesus directs you towards the kingdom of God to sell and to give. Verse 31, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Can I be as direct as Jesus was this morning with you a little bit? Let me try a bold statement. Does your bank account and life demonstrate a focus on the world, or does it reflect the kingdom? Verse 31, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above all else. And I'd like to remind you that that you can seek the kingdom in ways that aren't just about generosity, like praying for your neighbor, loving your family, forgiving those who hurt you. And those are all good and true. But we have to remember this passage in this text that Jesus is teaching is about money. And so when he gives a response, it's tied to the teachings about money and possessions. And Jesus clearly says, seek the kingdom above all else. He then moves on and he says, sell your possessions and give to those in need. He says, sell and give. Nobody likes that. (laughs) We all want to qualify it right now. It's like, but if I keep this much, you know, I'll be good or whatever. Like we protect it and we guard it. We all want to come up with these alternative ideas and we all want to kind of like hedge our bets and all kinds of things. But what if, shocking thought here, What if Jesus meant what he said, and he said what he meant? What if there's some kind of promise that comes from selling and giving that takes our minds and our hearts and our worries and our stresses and anxieties away from our everyday life and places them firmly in heaven forever? In our house, it's our goal to be as generous as we can be. Every year, we try really hard to outgive ourselves from the previous year. We do that through regular giving here at this church. We do that through special offerings for Convoy of Hope and other organizations in times of need. We do it by blessing people and trying to create a culture of generosity in our family. Now, we're not perfect. I just shared. I just shared like a whole bunch of stuff, right, at length that that we have worry and we are preoccupied and we are anxious about spending. But this is good. But I can also tell you that we can counteract our anxiety around money on a regular basis through consistent and generous giving. I share this because I can confidently tell you that has dramatically changed our lives. Because of our generosity, we are a part of the kingdom of God in all kinds of ways compared to if we never gave. Our faith grows when we are generous. I know many of you in this church right now, like you give regularly, and I want to thank you for joining God's mission and transforming all things. Without your regular and consistent giving, we could not care for our city in the way that we do currently. We just could not do it. But I also want to encourage everyone in the the room to just reassess where their hearts are just for a moment. Everyone in the room, everyone tuning in online, I want you to really pause with me and think about Luke 12 this morning. Maybe you need to pray about beginning a regular gift because it will take your mind off of earth right here and into the kingdom of God. 
Maybe some of us need to pray about what it means to sell and to give. If, if Jesus really meant what he said, then there is an invitation for all of us to take this seriously, to seek the kingdom of God with our finances and to fight against anxieties through generosity. Every, every single time you give, you are seeking the kingdom of God. You are putting your faith in action, and it's just a beautiful thing. You are trusting God with, with what he has provided you in the first place. It's through your generosity that you join God's mission and transform all things, but it's through your generosity that you begin to experience the promise of God's kingdom in your own heart. And that really begins to set you free from the cares of this world to experience the blessings of heaven. I just want to I want to finish with verse 34 because it's also where Jesus finished his teachings. Let's read it one more time. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. We give out of worship. We give to display trust and faith. We give because he has been so generous to us, but we also give because we want our hearts to be leaning towards heaven and not towards earth. We do this as a family, but we also do this as a church. This is, this is one of the most generous churches that I have ever been a part of. Like what we're doing internationally, what we're doing locally, what we offer in our own building and the ways that we display the generous heart of God through our own church budget. I love it. I love everything about it. And it helps us as a church to lean toward heaven and not here on earth. My honest desire for you is that you would begin to experience the same kind of freedom from the fear and anxiety around money. It would feel really, I mean, imagine that right now. It would feel really good to be free from money and possessions. It just would. My honest desire, yeah, I just, I just want you to experience that in your world. And it can feel risky, right? Like the first time that you give, the first time that you decide to commit to a monthly gift or decide to increase your generosity, it can feel risky, of course. But it's always worth it because it's it moving your heart from here to there. That's what it does. Sometimes our hearts are in heaven so much that it's like really easy to do that. But most of the time, we need to teach our hearts to let go of some stuff here so that we can embrace the beauty of God's kingdom in new ways. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Lord, help us to be generous people. Free us from anxiety when it comes to money and fill us with heavenly expectation for the kingdom of God in our lives and in our church. Let's pray.